from KQED. It might be the single biggest issue facing Californians. There's lots to come to California for, but not affordable housing. Today, home prices are twice the national average. We know it's expensive as all get out in California. The high cost of housing is fueling the crisis. I'm Olivia Allen Price. In this episode for Bay Curious Prop Week, we're going to be hearing about rent control, the Costa Hawkins Rental Housing Act, and Prop 10. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Founded in 1980, it's still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And still the pale ale that sparked a craft beer revolution. Sierra Nevada, still the one. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Here's reporter Jessica Placek. Prop 10 wants to overturn Costa Hawkins. But what is Costa Hawkins? To understand that, we need to go back to 1995. It was the year that Brad Pitt won Sexiest Man Alive, Amazon sold its first book, and one of my favorite Mariah Carey songs topped the charts. But we're talking about housing. At the time, the state was recovering from a housing slump, and construction of new housing had slowed down. That's when two politicians decided to try to curb rent control. The politicians were Democratic Senator Jim Costa and Republican Assemblymember Phil Hawkins. Together, they drafted the Costa-Hawkins Rental Housing Act. And that passed by one vote that shapes rent control policy across California. This is Matt Levin, a data reporter for Cal Matters and co-host of the housing podcast, Gimme Shelter. Now, Costa Hawkins limits rent control in a few big ways. For example, it bars rent control on most single-family homes and condos, so most of the suburbs can't have rent control. It also bars rent control on new buildings. So if a building was constructed after the law took effect, that building could not have rent control on it. You can't impose rent control on properties that were built after 1995. The thing is, about a dozen cities already had rent control laws, and some had their own cutoff dates that had been established earlier. Those dates were frozen by Costa Hawkins, so in Oakland, the cutoff is in 1983, Berkeley in 1980, while in San Jose and San Francisco, nothing built after 1979 can have rent control. So anything new and nice looking in San Francisco is not going to have rent control on it. Another thing Costa Hawkins changed, it eliminated vacancy control, which ties rent control to the apartment instead of the tenant. With Costa Hawkins, we have vacancy decontrol, which means if a tenant moves out of a rent-controlled apartment, landlords can raise rent as high as they please. I see old apartments all the time. They're total pieces of crap, and they're, <laughs> they're, they're charging like 
a bazillion dollars, right? But once you get into that apartment, they're limited in how much more they can raise it. Today, only 15 California cities have rent control. It's really the bigger cities. So L.A., San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose. But because of Costa Hawkins, many units in those cities are barred from having rent control. In California, more than one in five households pays over half its income on housing. People are looking for ways to ease housing costs, and some are looking towards rent control. This actually won't be the first attempt to overturn Costa Hawkins. Earlier this year, a bill went before state legislators. This bill required four votes to get out of this committee. At this time, there are three. So at this time, AB 1506 fails passage today. It didn't get too far. And this meeting is now adjourned. Okay, so now that you understand Costa Hawkins, we can talk about Prop 10, which would basically upend that legislation. Here to talk about it with me is Guy Maserati of the KQED Politics and Government Desk. Hey, Guy. Hey. So walk us through Prop 10. What are we voting on? So basically, I think it's easy to look at this as a measure all about rent control. I think it's largely about local control. This is taking something rent control that's been, you know, dominated by state laws over the last couple of decades, and it would turn it over to individual cities and counties in California and say, if Proposition 10 passes, what do you want to do about rent control? How would you like to govern, you know, the prices of rent within your city, within your county? So what does the prop actually say? Basically, it's repealing Costa Hawkins and taking us back to the time before that law when cities could implement their own rent control laws kind of uh, on an individual basis. And so you had some places like San Francisco, Berkeley, Oakland that already had rent control on the books before Costa Hawkins. But you had the vast majority of California cities without any rent control laws. So if this passes and Costa Hawkins is overturned, what does that actually mean? Like what happens the next day? Do we suddenly have rent control everywhere? No, you don't. So there would be some cities that had, you know, certain pieces of their rent control that were uh, explicitly outlawed by Costa Hawkins. If Costa Hawkins goes away, they can have vacancy control once again. But for the vast majority of cities, nothing would change the day after the election or once the election is certified. So it's not like we're going to have a flood of rent control laws suddenly coming. Absolutely not. I think here in the Bay Area, there's really just been one city, Berkeley, that's put forward a measure saying if Proposition 10 passes, here's exactly how we would change or how we would expand our rent control laws. They want to introduce a rent control on a rolling basis for buildings. So as buildings hit their 20th birthday, they age into rent control. Um, But for most cities, they haven't figured that out. And I think what you're going to see is a lot of long public comment lines at at local uh, supervisor committees, city council committees, as cities possibly take rent control up after, you know, a possible post-Prop 10 future. And in a nutshell, what What would this mean for renters in California and what would this mean for landlords? So I think there's kind of limited actual research on what rent control does. And also like every housing thing, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. You have all these other housing laws intersecting with it. I think broadly speaking, um, the research has shown that if you are a current renter, rent control helps you stay in your 
you know, unit. Um, and that's, If you have rent control. If you have rent control. And that's particularly true for if you're a senior citizen and you, you may be on a fixed income. Rent control can help stabilize the amount that you're paying out for rent and it can help you remain in a unit. On the flip side, the evidence shows that it is a disincentive to actually build housing. If, you know, uh, a developer is limited in the amount that they can make off of a rental unit, well, maybe they're not going to make a rental unit. Maybe they're going to make just a, you know, condominiums or apartments for sale. Um, and as we know, California has a huge shortage of actual housing units. So that's the fear. If you take away this incentive for development, then, you know, we're just going to add to our actually shortage of units. There have been a lot of rent control measures that have been on the ballots, on local ballots around the Bay Area. And I know predominantly those have not passed. Why is that? And do you think that trend will hold for this statewide prop? Well, I think the political reality is landlords are well organized in the state. The Apartment Association um, you, you know, has, has well-funded campaigns. They're very politically active. Um, and so in the past, you've seen some mixed success on local ballots in terms of rent control, although some recent victories, you know, in, in Mountain View and other places. So it's hard to say local rent measures haven't done as well that may predicate failure for this measure. Um, I think there's just a groundswell of energy um, around this idea of rent control because it's really easy to sell, to just say the rent is too darn high. We you need, can say damn, it's a podcast. It's too damn high. <laughs> we, we need some kind of solution to it. So yeah, all that said, you know, the political reality is we're at an all-time low of homeownership rates in California. We know homeowners are usually more politically active and renters by nature are more transient. So I think that's a harder demographic to capture politically. So you mentioned who is for this prop. Who is against it? Well, I think as you'd expect, developers, they see this as a huge cut into their business. If local jurisdictions start to limit the amount that they can charge on rents, well, then how are they going to finance these rental buildings? And maybe in, they're just going to go and build market rate units and, and condos. You know, another big fear uh, on the developer side is if you end up with a patchwork of different rules. I think one thing they like about Costa Hawkins is it's a state mandate. So it governs this huge market that they develop in. If all of a sudden you have Every individual city having their own kind of rent control laws that can make business harder for them. So they've been, you know, financially the biggest opponent of Prop 10. All right. Well, it's going to be really interesting to see how voters respond to this one. Yes, will be interesting to see. Guy Maserati with the KQD Politics and Government Desk. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to know more about the Costa-Hawkins Housing Act or Proposition 10, Guy will be taking your questions in a Facebook Live on October 24th. You can go ahead and RSVP ahead of time so you'll get a handy reminder when it rolls around. Get all the details at baycurious.org. This episode was produced by Jessica Plotchek. That's it for Bay Curious Prop Week. Thanks so much for listening along. We hope it's been helpful for you. I know it's been for me. If you want to dig deeper into any of these propositions, you should check out KQD's voter guide at kqd.org elections. Next week, we'll be back to our regular schedule, dropping a new episode every Thursday. Prop Week was produced by Paul Lancor, Ryan Levy, Jessica Placek, Vinnie Tong, Devin Kadiyama, Erica Aguilar, and me, Olivia Allen Price. Special thanks to Julie Kane and Guy Marzrati for their support, too. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play March's trivia game? Every month, we'll read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. 
Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a sweet prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, this Bay Area high school holds the longest winning streak in high school football. They won 151 games in a row between 1992 and 2004. What is the name of the school? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.